What are the dreams of the people in your church, and how can you help those dreams become a reality? Mark Batterson is our guest this week discussing how we can encourage the gifts and passions that are within our churches. It's all in episode 69 of the Church Leaders Podcast. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping you lead better every day. And now here's your host, podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, Andrew Hess. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode 69 of the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm Andrew Hess, your host, and this week we're talking with Mark Batterson. Mark is the lead pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C., a church with many locations. They're reaching the emerging generation. One of the ways they do that is through operating the largest coffee house on Capitol Hill. Mark also is a New York Times bestselling author of many books, including The Circle Maker, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, and his newest book called Chase the Lion. We wanted to talk to Mark about how we can dream and accomplish great things for God as we steward God's call in our lives, and also how we can help our people do the same. And now, here's our conversation with Mark Batterson. Well, Mark, it is such a privilege to have you on the Church Leaders Podcast. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Andrew. Mark, you've written so many great books, and it seems like the thing that just kind of oozes out of your heart is the desire to help people push through their fears and to dream big dreams. How did that become something that is kind of a topic that you've wrestled with quite a bit? Well, you know, C.S. Lewis said that every life is comprised of a few themes. And I think one of those themes for me is just a real desire to help people reach their God-given potential. I think potential is God's gift to us. What we do with it is our gift back to God. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that in some ways the church is fixated on sins of commission. Don't do this, don't do that, and you're okay. But the problem with that is you can do nothing wrong and still do nothing right. And so I think it's the sins of omission, what we would have, could have, and should have done, that is really my focus. I think God's called us to play offense. And so, you know, that's certainly going to be a subplot in a lot of the books that I write and certainly uh, is the impetus behind Chase the Lion. Mm-hmm. And in these days, you know, our audience is mostly leaders and pastors. As you write, especially with that audience in mind, what are some of the things that hold hold leaders back from chasing big dreams? Well, you know, the first thing I'd say, Andrew, is that, you know, a lot of pastors or leaders want someone to help them reach their dream. But I think church has to be a two-way street. You know, I want people to buy into the dream that God's given us at National Community Church. But, you know, the kingdom advances when when I begin to uh, serve the dream that God's given them. And then church becomes a uh, a tag team sport, uh, if you will. And you begin to create this culture of dreaming. And then, you know, it becomes this catalyst uh, both ways where, uh, you know, the kingdom is the big winner. And, uh, and so I think that's one of the keys uh, when it comes to, uh, to leadership. Wow. So it sounds like maybe as leaders, we don't want to focus so much on our own dreams, but really looking at our people and saying, how can I create a culture where we have a, a whole culture of dreamers? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, on a on a very basic theological or even ecclesiastical level, like, 
you can't go to church because you are the church. So in my mind, National Community Church is everywhere that every person in our church is. And so, listen, we're in the White House, we're in the Capitol, we're in the Pentagon, we're all over Washington, D.C. because we aren't confined to a, a church building. And God's given each one of them a gift and a dream. And I think the kingdom advances when we begin to help them uh, well, I'll use the metaphor from the book, chase the 500-pound line that God's called them to go after. And so in some ways, Andrew, I think that's a flip for some people. And uh, and one of the things I look at in the book is that, you know, for the mighty men that surrounded David, they served David's dream. I would challenge people, listen, get around someone who has a dream and begin to serve that dream. And then I think that's the way that often our dreams become reality. So it's about a mindset and it really is a two way street. Mm -hmm. And is this, is there something in it recently that comes to mind where, where you kind of saw this fleshed out where you maybe were meeting with somebody or, or somebody that you were ministering to where you kind of an example of what you're talking about? Yeah, you know, I share a couple of the stories in Chase the Lion. One of them is uh, a man named Santi, uh, who is a part of National Community Church, but he's from Colombia, had this dream of turning um, coca farms, which produce cocaine, into coffee farms. And God gave him a, a five-pound dream. He brought back five pounds of coffee from Colombia. And and now, several years later, that dream's becoming reality in a big way as they're converting lots of acres into coffee farms. And and one of the coffees that we sell at Ebenezer's, our coffee house on Capitol Hill, is Redeeming Grounds. It's the coffee that Santi um, started, his company. And so to begin to see someone's dream like that become reality, and then it begins to serve our dream for our coffee house on Capitol Hill. Now that's a win-win uh, for the kingdom. And just one small example, um, I'd even say just because of who is listening to this podcast, the other thing I'd throw out there, Andrew, is that we have a free market system of small groups at National Community Church. What I mean by that is we don't tell people what group to lead. We, we tell them, get a vision from God and then go for it. Now, listen, we have a leadership covenant that they have to sign and there's a, a leadership development process that they go through. But at the end of the day, I want them to have a vision for what it is that God wants to do. And so what happens then is the, the church begins to reflect those gifts and passions uh, that are within the church body itself. I love that. I love that example. And I think that for a lot of people, you know, maybe listening to this, the challenge with a, with a dream is that fear of failure. And can you talk about the role that overcoming our fears of, of maybe fears of failing or fears of, you know, putting ourselves out there to chase a dream? And then, it, then what happens when the dream doesn't come, you know, come to fruition? Yeah, well, one of the things I love sharing, especially with leaders and pastors, is that you know, yes, I've pastored National Community Church for 20 years, and yes, God's blessed it. You know, we're one church with eight campuses, but I love sharing the story of my first attempt at church planting in Chicago when I was in seminary, and that church plant fell flat on its face. I mean, it was a total failure, but in retrospect, I'm grateful for two reasons, because uh, one, I discovered that unless God builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. And uh, two, 
it was that failure that then opened us up to move to Washington, D.C., of course, where we've been the last 20 years. So listen, mismanaged success is the leading cause of failure and well-managed failure is the leading cause of success. And so don't be afraid of failure. It's about how you handle it and how you steward it as a leader. And I would even say you better create a culture where your staff and your leaders have the freedom to fail. Now, I hope they don't keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. Let's make different mistakes and new mistakes. But you've got to create a culture where there's the freedom uh, to make some mistakes here and there. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about um, where dreams come from. I think a lot of leaders are so busy and they're just kind of you know busy with all the work of ministry how do leaders create space to actually dream about what the future could look like yeah i love that question you know i think uh first of all listen dreams come from the holy spirit as the spirit of god begins to work in our life we dream dreams and uh, of course, I framed that at the beginning of the book with kind of a fun story about the movie Inception and this idea of implanting dreams uh, three levels down. I think that's what the Holy Spirit does. And make no mistake about it, dreams are not optional. Dreams are the mechanism whereby God grows us spiritually. A God-sized dream is what keeps you on your knees. And it's not even about accomplishing the dream. It's about who you become in the process. And so I think, in a sense, dreaming is a form of praying. Praying is a form of dreaming. And uh, and this is where I'd really push leaders and pastors and say, we better be dreaming things that are beyond our ability and beyond our resources because that's how God glorifies himself. And I think you know the, the main metaphor of the book, this idea of chasing 500-pound lines, you know, I hope it really challenges leaders to to maybe um, supersize or upgrade their dream. Let's make sure we're going after things that we can't accomplish in our own strength and our own wisdom. Mm-hmm. And can leaders dream with their teams? Um, is it something where, you know, you want every leader on your team to have their own dream? Or is it possible that, like, you can get your team together and say, let's dream together? And, and what does that look like? Well, I think there's a an overarching dream or vision. You know, for us, we have a 2020 vision of 20 locations in Washington D.C. and and uh, around the world. And and so, you know, and that would include our eight campuses and our coffee house. And we just opened a second run movie theater and about to open a dream center here in Washington D.C. So you need a a macro vision or dream. But then, you know, we want our staff to have a dream within that dream, whether we're talking about our media team. You know, I know they're dreaming about not just the short films that we're producing, but maybe a feature film or our discipleship team. Uh, We want them dreaming about uh, not just the 150 groups we have now, but 500 groups that that God wants to to uh, launch in us, you know, over the next decade. So it's about making sure you have a culture where people have the freedom to dream and the margin to dream. Uh, You know, one thing we're going to do next week is just have a day of prayer and and seeking God. Why? Because we get so busy with our portfolio and our objectives that sometimes we don't leave the margin for God to really speak to us and give us that dream that we need to be pursuing. And so 
yeah, I think it's critical that we create a culture where uh, dreaming isn't just allowed, but it's really encouraged and, in fact, mandated. Mm-hmm. And for the pastor listening who uh, wants to create a church where, man, I want to make the culture more like what you're describing, what are some practical steps that they could take to to begin to create that culture where maybe it doesn't exist yet? Yeah, you know, the first question I'd ask that pastor is, do you have any life goals or, or what are you pursuing beyond the pulpit or even what you do as a as the pastor of a church? You know, I want to be careful here. And my my goal is not to offend anybody, but you know what I've discovered? If uh, if your sermons aren't interesting, it's probably because your life isn't interesting. You need a life outside the pulpit, outside the four walls of the church. You you need to be modeling what it means to live a spirit-led life and what it means to dream God-sized dreams. And so, you know, I think in one sense, you know, I, I want to make sure that for the average person who attends our church, that they realize that I'm going to try to model this in my own life. And uh, honestly, coming up with some life goals might be a good starting point. And, uh, and you know, I know someone might push back and say, well, that, that doesn't sound real spiritual. Listen, faith is being sure of what we hope for. That sounds like life goals to me. And so just a challenge and an encouragement. Let's make sure that uh, in our churches, in our marriages, in our families, and in our personal lives, we've got some goals and some dreams that are written down, some things that we're actually pursuing uh, so that when they happen, we can actually give God the glory he deserves. I love that. And I, I mean, themes of like fruitfulness come to mind where where a lot of the things that our Lord sets before us as, as things that we want to do for him are these dreams that you're talking about, where we need to be pushing ourselves. Are there particular you know, illustrations or, or parables from the scriptures that that are kind of central to these types of things? Well, you, you know, and for this particular book, for Chase the Lion, I really leverage Second uh, Samuel 23. It's this collection of amazing stories about uh, the 37 mighty men and some of the, uh, the heroics that they accomplished for the kingdom. And so I think those stories are, are going to challenge and encourage the people who read them. Uh, but but for me, I always come back to the parable of the talents. Um, you know, in, in some respects, the the uh, person who, who just returned the talent that God gave to them, you, you know, you could call that breaking even, but the Bible calls it breaking bad. So in other words... Um, it's not good enough to just break even. We've got to have a return on the time, talent, and treasure that God's given us. And uh, and I think that requires playing offense. That requires not just holding the fort, but having a mentality that I'm going to chase after the 500-pound line. I'm going to go after what it is that God's called me to do. And, and I think uh, that that ultimately is what honors God. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, take us back to a time that you were dreaming about, you know, your current church. You know, you, you talk about you know, planting this church. Tell us about kind of how you dreamed to that and then how you saw God um, bring that dream to fruition. Well, you know, the first thing I'd say is that if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I had a 25-year plan for that first church plant that failed. And so, you know, our plans, uh, that's not enough. That's not good enough. But God does put a dream in our heart. And I think what, what begins to happen 
is as God begins to move and, and do something in your heart, you got to have the flexibility for that dream to continue to grow and morph and change. So I thought I'd pastor one church with one location. Multi-site wasn't even a word uh, in the dictionary when I started pastoring in 96. But God gave us a dream to meet in movie theaters at metro stops around the D.C. area. And so you start dreaming and we launched a second campus and a third campus and, and now we're at eight campuses. The dream is going to change over time. We've got to make sure that we stay in that place where we're continuing to hear the voice of God and we're not so locked into what it is that we've done in the past that we miss what God wants to do next. I, I love what, uh, what R.T. Kendall says in his book, The Anointing. He says, sometimes the greatest opposition to what God wants to do next is from those who are on the cutting edge of what God did last. That's powerful. I don't want that to be me. I want to make sure that uh, that I continue to have some new wineskins. And my driving conviction is there are ways of doing church that no one's thought of yet. And so I don't know what's around the corner in five or ten years, but I want to stay open to what it is that the Spirit of God wants to do. I think that's really freeing because I think sometimes we do get into, this is the way we've always done it, this is the way we should continue to do it. And And how do you know? Because sometimes I think, um, there's a little bit of trepidation where, well, what if we change and, you know, that wasn't, we didn't hear right, or how do you really dig in and discern, this is where God's leading us, and and this isn't just something that's kind of distracting us from what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I think, I, I want to answer that question this way, that, that one of our core values at NCC is everything is an experiment. I think that mentality frees leaders up and it allows us to take risks. Uh, so the diffusion of innovation says that there are always going to be a bell curve of people. There are going to be 16% of people who, no matter what, they're going to resist the vision God's given you. Even if you're Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with, with Ten Commandments written by the finger of God on stone tablets, um, there are always going to be a a cross-section that, that aren't going to be on board with whatever it is that that dream or vision God's given you. Uh, you've got to rise above that. And one thing that's helped us is just seeing everything as an experiment. So when people oppose an idea, you know, I'll often just say, well, it's an experiment. If it doesn't work, we're going to stop doing it. And if it does work, we're going to try to do it better. It's about creating a culture where there's some research and development, where we're, we're doing some R&D for the kingdom of God. And, uh, and I think that little value has had so much leverage for us at NCC, and it's given us the freedom to try new things. Well, Mark, I know you have a lot of resources available to pastors. Um, can you tell us where could pastors go to find um, more resources on um, what you're doing? Yeah. Uh, well, for Chase the Lion, if they go to chasethelion.com, there's going to be some uh, some great resources, free resources, graphics, trailers that uh, would certainly supplement if, if people want to do a study or even a sermon series on, on that book. And then I would certainly invite people to visit um, theaterchurch.com, which is our church website. And you know, we all need to learn from each other. And uh, I have a handful of podcasts that I listen to. Might uh, invite pastors and church leaders to tune into our podcast if that would be a blessing uh, to them. 
Well, Mark, thank you so much for all the resources that you're putting out there and for just sparking. I think a lot of people just need that push. Um, I mean, we, we all can look back at our lives and, and there was that person that was kind of the, that God used to help us dream a dream or to push ourselves beyond what we can do. So thanks for that work that you have in the kingdom and thanks for taking time to talk to us today. Hey, Andrew, really appreciate it. And uh, man, I love pastors and leaders. So it's really a joy for me to be able to um, share for a few minutes some of the lessons that I'm learning. And listen, I'm a work in progress like everybody else. And as soon as I get it all figured out, I'll let you know, but I wouldn't hold your breath. (laughs) Well, thanks so much. All right. Hey, God bless. Thanks again to Mark Batterson for joining us this week as our special guest on the Church Leaders Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, and consider sending this episode to someone you know who might be blessed by listening to it. Also, you can download the show notes for this episode and every episode at churchleaders.com forward slash podcast. In the show notes, we always include resources, mention the show, and links to some of our guest stop content on churchleaders.com. As always, if you have ideas for how we can improve the show or guests that you'd love to hear us talk to, email us at podcast at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website, churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.